is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jeremy and I talked about rookie mistakes in youth ministry, right? There's those things that um, we do when we get started in a youth ministry position that, you know, if we were to look back on ourselves a couple years later and say, oh, I wish I had done that differently. We talked about those. Um, after we recorded it, we talked a little bit more and our topic for the day, because often these do not get discussed, are right. veteran mistakes. So not rookie mistakes, but veteran mistakes, the the things that if you've been fortunate enough to have navigated those early years of youth ministry and you kind of find yourself in that sweet spot for a little while, um, these would be the things that might get you out of that sweet spot of ministry, right? Like mistakes that you make yep. when you have been established and in a church or running a ministry program for a long time. But before we get there, Chris, what... What classifies as a veteran youth worker? Because it's people do not stay in youth ministry as long as they stay in other areas of ministry. So what do you think? Where do you where do you classify that tipping point? Oh, yeah, that that's kind of a fun question. Um, I think that I would say in between four to five years. would yep, I was going to say four years. Yeah, because like it, it let, let's say that you're on staff at a church where um, you've got middle school and high school students in those four to five years that you're there, you are going to see the group of youth who was just coming into middle school or just joining youth ministry now be in high school. Right. So you've walked along yep. with them with enough kind of you know, points of transformation in their life or mile markers or whatever you might want to call them, um, that you've really seen some aging and graduation there. The students who might've been freshmen uh, in high school when you started would be graduating high school. And when you've been able to kind of walk alongside a family or a young person for four consecutive years, I suppose we should say consecutive because, you know, you could do four or five years of ministry and be like 18 months here, 18 months there, 18 months somewhere else. I and still feel like you're a veteran. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like that happens. <laughs> I mean, it does. But, but yeah. I still feel like even if that's the case. <laughs> well, as long as you're not even repeating if, the rookie mistakes, right? That we talked about. Right. That's right. As long as you're not rookie mistakes in every place. That's if you're right. doing the same thing in every 18 month sequence, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think four to five years, honestly. Um, and, and when right. I think about that on the personal side, too. Um, that puts the person who is the youth worker, um, in enough time where like they've changed a life stage or two as well. Right. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I do think one of the things that I'll start with for, for veteran mistakes is, you know, maybe forgetting that we continue to age, um, yep. and become something new as, as time goes on. Right. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, you know, I read an article you know, this will be a throwback uh, that I reference. I probably have referenced on the podcast before, but it was by a guy named Mike Iaconelli. It was forever ago, but he talked about at each life stage that you are in, you get to have a sort of a different kind of relationship with mm -hmm. the teenagers that you are uh, ministering to. So, you know, for a lot of people who start out like college, college aged, um, they have that cool cousin. 
relationship. Then as you get older, you're the cool uncle relationship. Then the cool parent relationship. Then if you really get to be the best kind of super veteran, mm-hmm. a cool grandparent relationship. Um, but it is really weird to walk into a youth ministry uh, gathering and see like a 45 year old acting as if they are 20. That's just weird. It's what my, my, my kids would call cringy. Oh yes. That's a great word for it actually. Um, And you know that, that it's an interesting observation because that might still feel authentic to the person doing it. Right. Yep. Um, But for those that are, you know, sort of outside looking in um, to see somebody that is sort of stuck at a particular age uh, or in a particular developmental stage of their life um, might throw up a bit of a flag to say, do I really want my youth in this group uh, where there is somebody that is, you know, in their 60s acting like a 25 year old? Right. Right. Yeah. That that doesn't need to happen. And. I, it's a, a comment that people make about youth ministers a lot. It's like, they're just one of the kids. Um, hopefully once you're in your forties, people might say that, but it doesn't actually describe how you're acting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Because... You can have a very youthful spirit, right. And, and a right. energetic approach to things. Um, but the way that you relate to families, the way that you relate to youth has to look different. Um, it does. As, as time goes on, it just has to. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that same kind of thing, Chris, yeah. you know, happens with um, programs, right? Getting uh, oh, yeah. stuck at, a, at your early stage, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that those first years of ministry can be so focused on trying to find things that work. Right. Like trying to find the event, trying to find the message, trying to find the whatever. Um, And then that whatever becomes a forever sort of a thing because (laughs) you just assume. Man, you just Rick Warren into that. That's. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. That's Um, perfect. Thank you for meaning that. that Whatever becomes forever. Yeah. Belongs on a shirt somewhere. Um, But uh, you know what? It, it's like you find that answer, right? And and then you assume that that answer is always going to be the right thing to do. Right. Uh, and I do think that there's things that can have a long shelf life, right? Like there are some traditions that are right. important to be able to keep. Um, but when you get stuck in an idea and it stops you from getting new ideas and wanting to explore and, and let your ministry evolve and approach new topics or approach new messages, um, you're doing mm-hmm. a disservice to yourself, but, but a disservice to everybody else too. Um, because yeah. as much as we would like to think so many of our messages or programs are universal, um, they really are best at a certain time in a certain place. And if I was going to give you, you know, pop culture examples that, uh, you know, are pulled from Cheers or, man, even Friends by now, right? Because Friends was late. No, Friends is back. People are into that again. Stop it. Yes, it's a weird thing. I don't understand it. But uh, Seinfeld, right? Or, you know what? (laughs) Oh, no, Seinfeld, 100. Yeah. (laughs) Pick pick the show from 20 something years ago. And if you're still using those as like the reference points in your talks. Yeah. Um, it, it means that you're just making a veteran mistake where you are living in the time and space where you came into ministry and the things that were culturally yep. re- relevant for you as you came into being in leadership. And you're forgetting to look at 
what pop culture is doing now or looking for new examples or new program ideas. Yeah, I think that also works with like a, a way a way that I've seen that happen, not just programmatically, is with um, music. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, it's really interesting um, when there's some song that's like really powerful for a while and um and you know sometimes they last five years um but they don't last 20. yeah right and um and so but what's really strange is that like <clears throat> a youth worker can sort of latch onto something as we always sing this on the last day of whatever mm-hmm. um and it seems cool the first several times you do it but then it turns into this thing that can actually keep people keep students out right because it can become so strange and so of like another time that they walk in and they're like what are they doing what are they singing right like this is so weird i remember going and speaking at a camp one time and um and this camp was like stuck in the 1980s. And this yeah. was in the 2000s. Well, this is in the 2010s. And they were singing these weird songs and doing this like weird motions and like everything. And I was like, okay, this was almost not cool when I was a teenager. <laughs> and so, but the but because it had become such a tradition. Um, the students, the handful of students that sort of had grown up at this camp, gone to it, they were like enforcing it as like, we have to do it. And a lot of, and, and some of the stuff was inappropriate. Some of the stuff made students uncomfortable and, and yeah. And, and, and then you had a youth worker that remembered doing that when they went to camp (laughs) and they were, they were okay. They would like sort of, but it is your job to keep finding the next thing and moving the moving the ball forward with music with whatever it is yeah i would agree and and you know doing that with with a good radar for the appropriate place for traditions and the always things um yep. and then knowing when are the times to be able to to kind of update and let some stuff go you know don't uh, one of the other veteran mistakes i think is actually kind of similar to a rookie mistake now that we're going this direction where um you can still find yourself falling victim to to be afraid to change traditions, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about rookies trying to do that too fast. Um, right. I think we could do that with veterans uh, and having that be too slow, right? Like the, right. The yes. hanging on that veteran youth leaders will do to a tradition that is meaningful for them personally, but may mm-hmm. not fit the context or the needs where they're serving anymore. Certainly would be one yeah. on my list. Yeah, no, that that happens all the time. So and in this kind of one step further down this path is um is doing that stuff with lessons. Oh sure. So, yeah. 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 So like you've got a a message that you preached that like crushed it, right? Or whatever, a lesson that you did or interactive thing. And you just keep doing that. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, it's Easter. I'm going to do my Easter sermon or whatever it is. You got to stop that. You got to keep studying and keep writing new stuff. Because once you get 
out of the habit of writing new stuff, man, it is hard to get back there. For sure. And, and that's not to say that, that, you know, being intentional about the scope and sequence of stuff that you want to teach right. is any less important as you spend more time in ministry. But if you find yourself, when I think about this, this piece, um, you know, going back to that same well, right, that same mm-hmm. story, that same phrase, that same whatever. Um, and maybe it's not just one thing, but like if you've got, you know, two or three topics that you seem to just hit every year and you hit them exactly the same way, um, you're, you're going to lose the interest of everybody, right? Because the youth will have heard it before. Um, mm-hmm. If there's not a, kind of an updated angle for how you're talking about it or how you're thinking about it, um, mm-hmm. it's also not going to be as impactful for you anymore. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. And another one for me that, that kind of makes my list of veteran mistakes is um, when you are younger in ministry, it seems easier to be able to find mentors uh, or mm-hmm. find people who are willing to to kind of coach you up and, and bring you along. And, you know, somebody who was that veteran, you know, maybe 10 years yep. ago that is now bringing you up into new stuff. Um, when you become that veteran, um, all of a sudden you get opportunities to be that mentor for other people, uh, which is yeah. super awesome, is super important. I really encourage everybody to do. Um, and I think one of the mistakes veterans tend to make is forgetting that that's like a two-way street, right? Where yeah. just because you're more experienced, it doesn't mean you don't need your own mentor or your own coach anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just get a little bit harder to find because you've got to be really intentional about seeking out that sort of a mentoring relationship. Um, And and I would want to encourage, uh, you know, youth leaders, veteran youth leaders that are looking to, you know, kind of make a connection with a mentor or a coach. Um, Sometimes, you know, that can be somebody who's older or more experienced, um, but it doesn't have to be right. Like you can be mentored by somebody that's younger than you. And to kind of make that mistake of thinking that, that, you know, it all, or, you know, you've, you've been in it long enough that, you know, the perspective of somebody that's younger than you is not as valuable as somebody who's your same age or older than you, uh, I think is a mistake that I've seen repeated. For sure. And some of those uh, mentoring relationship can be sort of task oriented, like getting somebody to coach you on your social media, right? Oh, uh, are are you hitting me really close to home right now? Why why are you bringing that up? <laughs> yeah, the hit you, uh, coach you on your social media, or whatever it is, you know, that to help you understand like what's cool, what's not, like what's like. I, I'll never forget there was a a moment that like a friend of mine sent me an article about like really important things to know about Instagram at the time. This was like maybe 10 years ago. And, uh, and it was like, don't like really old posts. That's creepy. <laughs> um, and so I took the 10 things and I was like, ah, this doesn't matter. I took the, the 10 things to a small group of uh, teenage guys that I was doing at the time. And I said, all right, tell me if these are true, right? This, some old guy in New York just wrote this online. Uh, tell, tell me what you think. And they're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's super weird. Oh yeah. That's super weird. Oh yeah. Don't do that. Right. And I had done at least half of them like <laughs> that day, like, <laughs> but you've got, but, but you're not going to generally, you're not going to find somebody a lot older than you that can help you with that. Right. For sure. I, I, so one of my favorite memes that's out there right now um, is about how uh, I watch 
TikTok videos that were popular two weeks ago on Instagram, <laughs> like a normal adult. <laughs> and uh, listen, that that's where I am right now, right? Because I, yeah, I can't yeah. be on all the things. And so like there there is the platform or a couple of platforms that I am comfortable with. Uh, if if somebody tells me that or asks me if I saw something on TikTok, like I, my answer is no, because I, I don't have a TikTok account. That might change some point. Um, the real question, like, Chris, yeah, is are you being real? Uh, oh, that's really funny that you brought that up um, because we had uh, my sister-in-law and her husband over for dinner last night. And were you real with them? To, yeah. Like one of their little timers went off for how to be real within mm -hmm. two minutes. And so yep. my wife, Emily and I smiling by the dinner table and our kitchen in the background because we had there just sat go. down for dinner. But like, the, those are things that, you know, as you go, um, you, you can't make the veteran mistake of thinking that the one thing is always going to be the one thing, right? Like right, it was right. Facebook at, at the beginning of the social media age, right? Like if you weren't on Facebook, then you weren't, um, able to be relevant yeah, and as young or Zenga. Oh, for sure. Right. Um, and those things change. And so, you know, like if yeah. to this podcast two or three years from now, <clears throat> I don't know if be real is going to stick. I don't know if TikTok will still be a thing. I don't know what the new thing will be. Um, yeah. but don't make the mistake of kind of becoming insular and thinking that, you know, the way that you do it now, or the platforms that you use now, are those ones that are always going to be used by youth or by their families, uh, because there are going to be new tools. There's going to be new platforms and, um, back to the coaching and mentoring, there are going to be folks that are coming up in a ministry who are incredibly gifted um, that right. can give you different perspectives on things that you've got some really interesting experiences with. And you can share what those experiences have meant to you as well. So make that mentoring thing a two-way street. Yeah. So I got one last one, Chris. And, and uh, <clears throat> this is, it, we've talked a lot about the program. We've talked a lot about like you, you doing your own stuff, like the same way. Um, but the other thing that that changes that some youth workers use side lose sight of is the students. Like yeah. each generation has its own things, mm -hmm. right? Its own attributes, its own values. Um, you know, so when I was uh, first getting started in youth ministry, like millennial was the thing that was the new generation that was in my youth group, and then uh, it was Gen Z. Right. And now we are in Gen Alpha is just starting to move into youth ministry. Um, but it's funny because if you're around some veterans right now, you'll hear them talk about the millennials in their youth group. And I was like, and I'm like, dude, millennials haven't been in your youth group for at least 10 years. The millennials right? are probably the parents of the kids in your youth group. <laughs> That's right. And so um, so it's really important to stay on top of current research about the, the values of the generation that you're ministering to because it's changing. Yeah. And I'm so glad to hear you bring that one up as well, because uh, whenever we talk about these things, um, there is the relationship with youth. And I always make sure to highlight relationships with volunteers and parents as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So when you're thinking about that generational um, research and relationship stuff, if you are stuck on millennials, you know, find out about millennials as parents. Like what are the choices yeah, that they are sure. making uh, as they parent the current generation that is in children's ministries and coming up into youth ministry? Because for sure, they're doing some things differently than Gen X or the boomers were, right? Um, <laughs> right. And you know what? They may never want to admit it, but they're probably doing a couple of things the same, even if they don't realize it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so that generational piece really, really is a big one. Um, and, and I think maybe as a closing thought it, it, that pops right off of what we were talking about there is that um, we talked about the way that you relate to young people kind of needs to change as you get older. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to do some research needs to change as you get a little bit older as well. Um, so think about how you engage in ministry as your own life has gone on and developed, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you have stopped doing some of the things that are really foundational to building relationships with youth that are in your youth ministry, uh, because life has gotten busy, you've had your own kids, you uh, you know are right. um, starting to you know transition into part time stuff or getting retired or any of those kind of things. Um, some people just sort of make the mistake if they've been around a long time about not investing in the relationships um, and not doing the things that it really takes to build up a relationship with the young people that are in your youth ministry, um, simply because it ends up being a little bit easier to relate to some of the other adults um, that you right. find yourself surrounded by in the church. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Um, Kind of a random hit list of mistakes that even veteran youth ministry leaders make. Um, That's right. I I wish that I was immune from all of them, but uh, the odds are (laughs) (laughs) I've probably made a few of these myself, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, that's how you know that they're the mistakes. (laughs) That's right. If you don't make them, you never knew that there were mistakes in the first place. Uh, Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for the conversation today. All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 